Welcome to GRE Snacks, snackable episodes about the GRE exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable GRE course that includes everything you need to ace your GRE exam. A full textbook, tons of GRE questions backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast will get you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. Today, we have Petia Whitmore from My MBA Path on the podcast with us. And Petia, I'd love if you could uh, just share a little bit about yourself and your company. Hi, Tyler. It's fun to be with you and talk about my favorite topic. Um, my name is Petia Whitmore, and I am the founder of the MBA admissions consulting firm, My MBA Path. Previously, I spent eight years as um, an admissions executive at Babson College, which happens to be my alma mater as well. Most recently, I served as dean of graduate admissions and recruited and admitted students across a suite of MBA and specialized master's programs. After Babson, I spent a couple of years working for the Education Advisory Board, which is a best practices consulting firm and I help create an enrollment marketing solution for graduate schools, including business schools. And then the two years just before I launched my MBA path, I was part of the Graduate Management Admission Council, and specifically, I was the managing director of the MBA tour, one of the subsidiaries of GMAC. So you can say that for the last 15 years, I've been deeply involved in MBA admissions. Great. And so tell me a bit then about today's topic is, is going to be about how admissions offices evaluate you. And I'm curious, just like, I mean, at the very start, right, it's just how do you kind of introduce people to this topic when they're your clients or just generally um, when they're trying to kind of like get their lay of the land? Um. It's a wonderful question, and, and here's what usually happens. Let me tell you how candidates think it works, and then what I have to tell them about how it works. And I'm sure you've seen some of this display and play out on the various MBA forums. So when a candidate is thinking about business school, they start thinking about their statistics, right? They think about the GMAT, the GRE, the years of work experience, their GPA. Um, they try to maybe assess and estimate how strong their extracurriculars are. And then very often what they do is they'll post a profile evaluation request somewhere online and they'll say, I have a GMAT of 730 or a GRE of 335 and these are my years of work experience and this is what I've done and these are my goals. What do you think are my odds? Right? And I happen to find this question fairly useless simply because um, if you imagine the pile of applications that the top MBA programs receive, when an admissions officer sits down and starts looking through them, the evaluation of a candidate's statistics, so the test score, the GPA, the years of work experience, will yield a really large number of candidates who are admissible. So mm-hmm. thinking about your candidacy simply from the perspective of do I meet the requirements or do I qualify is not enough because there will be many mm-hmm. others who qualify. So what needs to happen is within a pile of candidates, within a really large pool of candidates who qualify, the candidates need to think about 
how can they be someone who ends up being selected first for the interview and then for mm -hmm. admission? So the way I like to, to call and explain these two stages is evaluation determines who's admissible, but selection determines who's desirable. And when it comes mm -hmm. to the most selective programs out there, it's not enough to pass evaluation. You want to pass the selection stage and be the person who ultimately gets invited to join the class at your dream MBA program. Right. So then, I mean, it sounds like this sort of evaluation stage, it does feel like it's a bit, it, it, it contains a fair amount of qualitative or quantitative stuff, right? As opposed to qualitative. It's like, you know, do you basically, can they handle the academic rigor of the university? Um, but how do you, you know, make the selection phase, right? You talked about the, that it's key that you are building your application for both. Um, but, you know, what are the things that the admissions office wants to see that makes or things that will make them excited to be picking you for an interview, for instance? I love that you use the word uh, into your question, what will make them excited. Uh, it's a topic I very often talk to MBA candidates about uh, because very often they come and they think that they need to impress the MBA admissions committee. And what I usually tell them at that stage is um, don't try to impress because it's going to be hard. There are so many exceptional candidates out there, right? And someone who's worked in admissions for a long time has seen tremendous accomplishments. So trying to impress is, I call it an exercise in futility, but trying to mm -hmm. excite is a whole different thing. So let's talk about mm -hmm. it a little bit. Um, so you're absolutely correct when you say that the evaluation process is a little bit more um, about quantifiable components. Uh, obviously, the, the test and uh, a previous academic record serve to determine can the candidate handle the academic portion, the curricular portion of a rigorous um, MBA program. The MBA as a discipline, as a degree, is very quantitatively and analytically rigorous. It teaches the science of management. So you have to be able to demonstrate that you can handle the curriculum, that you can do well academically. Um, the years of work experience obviously play a role, and they will vary from program to program. The typical two-year MBA program We'll have something like five to seven maybe years of work experience, but the quality of that work experience is very important as well. But the years is what probably goes, the years and sort of the approximation of quality in terms of have you had a progression, have you reached a certain stage, what kind of projects have you been managing, um, all of this will be part of the evaluation um, process. And um, it's mm -hmm. evaluated with an eye towards how are you going to show up in class on campus? Will you be able to contribute to the class discussions? Will you be able to contribute to the experience of others? Will you be able to enrich that experience? So this is still very much part of the um, evaluation. Um, as part of evaluating your work experience, the admissions committees will also look at who have you been outside of work and who are you outside of work? or outside of your undergraduate studies. Um, that's where the leadership component comes into play. 
how have you helped others progress towards a common goal, support them, create a more inclusive environment? It goes far beyond having managed people or having had formal authority over teams. So all of this will, um, like we said earlier, yield a large number of people who are um, admissible. And that's when the rest of the application uh, becomes really important. And the rest of the application is, um, for the most part, when it comes to selection, it's your essays, but it's also your resume to an extent, uh, which presents your accomplishments. Then your essays tell the story of how you did things and why you did them. And finally, your letters of recommendation kind of corroborate that story that you're telling about yourself because they provide an external validation, evidence, and if it's a really strong letter of reference, even more nuance into who you are. And then finally, of course, if you get invited to um, the interview stage, the interview itself is a huge part of where you tell a story about yourself, where you show who you are, where you demonstrate your leadership skills, where you demonstrate your thinking, your communication skills. And um, these are, again, the interview, the letters of recommendation, the essays in particular, um, your resume to an extent. These are the parts that truly paint a picture of who you are and can start moving the needle towards making you be the person who gets selected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so tell me about then what you're going to be building towards with this, with your resume and with your letter, right? Um, like, I'd love to unpack a little bit more like, okay, so what is what are the things that you can do when you're telling your story to make your application really like like you like the word exciting so i'll say again exciting um and how can you position yourself in the best way so when i think about the resume i like to call it your uh movie trailer because the resume mm -hmm. is a very precious real estate you have usually one page there are some exceptions if you're applying to an executive MBA program or sometimes even full-time programs will let you go over one page, especially if you have more years of work experience than the average. But let's just assume that it's one page, right? Uh, so you have some choices that you have to make. You're going to have to be very judicious what you include in it, what you say about yourself. And your goal is to present a picture that shows a career progression, some growth, some level of evidence of your leadership, whether through your extracurriculars as an undergraduate or whatever you have been involved in as um, a working professional. And you want your movie trailer to be interesting enough and to show a well-rounded picture of someone who has really undergone growth professionally and personally, and who has something to contribute. So you want people to mm -hmm. want to see more of you, right? You want the resume to truly set the stage that you have a lot to offer to the MBA program at your dream school. The MBA resume is very often the very first thing that an admissions reviewer 
will read. There are very few exceptions, but um, when I speak with colleagues and back in the day when I used to lead an admissions team, that's where we started with the resume because it gives you such a quick snapshot. You can very easily and very quickly see what did this person do as an undergraduate, where did they study, what they studied, what have they been doing since then, um, and how. And um, again, collectively, it should paint a really well-rounded picture of you. One tip that I'm going to give our listeners is one of my favorite parts of the resume is one that many candidates overlook, and it's usually at the very bottom of your resume, and I like to call it the fun line. So it's kind of a catch-all, if you wish, where you can put things about your hobbies, things that you do, causes that you're excited about and that you've contributed to. So really great fun lines um, can include, I run marathons, or I've traveled to 50 countries, or I grow orchids, whatever it might be. And back in my day, when I was Dean of MV Admissions at Babson, I was famous for breaking my own rules. So we had an interview process that was very structured. We had a set of categories of questions that we were to ask of candidates. But I very frequently allowed myself to break the rules and start with the fun line, especially if I saw anything about reading or travel, which are my two favorite things. And I am ready to bet that I got to learn more about candidates by asking them questions about travel and reading than I did about asking them questions about accomplishments at work, which were questions that I'm sure they prepared for. So -hmm. the fun line is important to kind of round out who you are as an individual. So this is the importance of the resume. And from there, of course, every part of the application is also very important. Every part of the application exists for a reason. MBA admissions offices put a lot of thought into what to ask of candidates and why. Uh, But going to the part about how you become exciting after you've created this notion about yourself as accomplished, right, which is We can equate the evaluation stage with if you demonstrate that you're accomplished enough academically and professionally, you'll pass evaluation. And now in order to become exciting to the MBA admissions committee, you have to tell the story of you. And the way I like to think about this is um, let's imagine that um, you have graduated and you've joined a large firm, a Fortune 500 firm. And now you're five years in and you're starting to think about B-School. Well, so is a whole bunch of your peers, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So how are you going to stand out within that crowd? And the only way to do this is to not simply tell a story about what you've done, but to talk about how you've done it and why. So this gets to the heart of What are your values, your motivations? What are the things that make you do what you do? And then how do you uniquely do these things in a way that no one else can? And um, I've been reading, assessing, and now also helping build MB applications for a living for 15 years. And um, I am yet to see two stories be exactly the same 
even if candidates mm -hmm. have a very similar background professionally in terms of title, career progression. So detail is king. Uh, it's extremely important. How you tell the story about what you've done is extremely important. I often tell candidates um, that there's a big difference between making a statement about yourself and offering some proof, some evidence. And when I talk about this, I very often quote Margaret Thatcher, who um, famously once said, being powerful is like being a lady. If you have to tell people you are, you aren't. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that the... Um... I think that the key here from everything that you just said is, is that you really need to be yourself, right? Um, but I also am curious if there's any maybe tips you can give beyond that as far as like, what are some, like other than like obviously your personal hobbies and the things that, you know, admissions officers want to see that make you kind of unique and different. What are some things that maybe if you have a lot of personal hobbies, like what are the things that you should focus on? Like, what are, like, the the sort of categories or aspects of your background that you should be sure to highlight or maybe think about not highlighting? Um, this is a really important question because you're absolutely right. Very often there is more material or content or things about you as a candidate um, than you can actually manage to put into your application. So you have to be judicious. I call that process um, strategic communications because you're really thinking about what is it that you want to communicate about yourself to the MP admissions committee, why and how are you going to do it. Um, usually what results in a really strong set of materials, whether it's the resume or the rest of your application, is a process that starts with self-reflection. Because in order to be able to tell a great story about yourself, you have to first find that story. And that doesn't happen by sitting down and thinking about it for just maybe a couple of hours in one sitting. It's an iterative process. Um, it involves a lot of self-reflection. So what I like to guide candidates to do is ask a lot of questions. Uh, when I work with someone, I use a couple of methodologies, if you wish. One is something that I've created and I call the seven key questions. And they get mm -hmm. to the bottom of what's really important for a candidate. Uh, some of these questions are, what are you most proud of? But also, what is your biggest regret? What is your biggest hope? Because when you think about these questions, they get to the point of what it is that you want to achieve in life. And chances are, what you're trying to achieve has a lot to do with the reasons why you're pursuing an MBA. Um, Early in the process, I also guide them to think not simply about what they want to do. So not simply to say, I want to be a management consultant for one of the large management consulting companies, but to think about who they want to be. Who do they want to be as an individual, as a professional uh, in the long term, let's say in the next 10 years or even um, longer? One of the questions on the seven key questions list um, came from some of my own work back in the day. And it's actually a framework that's frequently used in um, executive leadership coaching. I learned mm -hmm. about it from one of my own mentors who is a Harvard MBA and 
later was um, one of the managing partners at one of the three big management consulting companies for the Americas, and then he was a CEO of a company a couple of times. And um, at a stage in my career when I was wondering what my next step is, he asked me if I've considered writing my own obituary. And at first that stopped me in my tracks because it's not a question you hear a lot. But when we um, unbundled that question and when he told me how it was used at a retreat, at, um, I think it was in Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard that the uh, company did for the partners back in the day, what it boils down to is what's the legacy that you're trying to leave, right? So um, there's nothing wrong with being aspirational in your self-reflection and thinking about what is it that you want to accomplish in life way beyond uh, what might be your immediate next step. Um, in doing this assessment, I also advise candidates to consider some of the assessment tests. And one of my favorite in recent years is one called Principles U. It's created by Adam Wharton, who happens to be a professor at the Wharton School of Business. And it gets to the heart of who you are as a professional, as a team player, as a contributor, as a person who does things. So how do you do them? How do you achieve results? How do you act on a team? I've been using that assessment for two years now in my practice. It actually came from a candidate that I was working with and he had discovered and used it and really enjoyed it and found it very useful. So I started recommending it to my candidates. So teasing out your values, your motivations is the first part. Teasing out your um, accomplishments is something that will help again, both with the resume, but also with some of the key stories that candidates will tell in their essays depending on what the application essays ask for the various programs, there's almost always room to talk about what you've accomplished. And of course, the key again is to not simply talk about the what, but the how and the why. Um, I mm -hmm. also like to tell candidates, um, if you're gonna tell me a story, there needs to be a clear so what that follows the what? If you're telling me something, what is it that you want me to learn about you? And how do you want that thing to serve you in the MBA application process to set you apart, to make you exciting? So these right. are some of the tips and tricks. Yeah, these are all great. I really like all the advice that you've shared on this episode. Is there anything that you kind of want to wrap up on or something that you want to kind of conclude with here? Anything that we haven't covered yet on this topic? Um, there's a piece of advice that I think is very helpful for all candidates. And it's something that often either gets lost or perhaps gets um, misconstrued in this whole MBA admission space where there's so much advice and so much noise and um, everyone has something to say on that topic. Mindset when you're working on your MBA application is an extremely important thing. And what I mean by that is um, the way you view the process and the way you approach the process can be mm -hmm. critical for your success. And the two pieces of advice that I give candidates is one is to understand that the MBA application itself 
is not a puzzle. You don't have to find some perfect pieces that perfectly fit together. The MBA application is a collage. You work with the pieces that you have. And your pieces are going to be very different than the pieces of someone else. But if you think about it this way, chances mm -hmm. are you're going to have a stronger opportunity to build a unique collage or a unique candidacy. And then the second piece of advice when it comes to mindset is very often candidates feel that they have to somehow um, almost not necessarily trick the MBA admissions committee, but that it's a competition to be won. And mm -hmm. um, I don't subscribe to that mindset. The goal of an MBA admissions team is to find exceptional candidates and open the doors for them. MBA admissions committees read applications with the goal of admitting them. They're trying to find what is the best picture of you, the most accomplished picture of you. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to admit every candidate, but their goal is to find reasons to make a case for you and advocate for you rather than to find reasons to deny you. So I found that when candidates keep this in mind, um, that takes a little bit of pressure off of them, maybe more than a little bit. Mm -hmm. And they end up being more excited about telling their story. And then that translates into a stronger application. Right. Well, and I think if you spend the entire application process trying to kind of outsmart the admissions committee and thinking, what do they want to see and how do I make that you're not really going to come off as genuine as if you were just telling your story. That's exactly it. And I love that you used the word outsmart. That was probably the word I was looking for um, earlier when I, I think I used the word trick. But you're not going to outsmart the admissions committee. And there's no need to even try. Uh, because, mm -hmm. again, they're not looking for any predetermined, very narrow set of pieces of the puzzle. Uh, they're looking to hear who you are, how you do things, why you do it the way you do, and um, they're sincerely interested in your authentic self. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. This has been GRE Snacks, hosted by Tyler from Achievable <laughs> with Petia Whitmore from uh, My MBA Path. And Achievable has a great online GRE course that you can try for free by going to achievable.me and use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout.